This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. Presenting the Attorney's Fidelity Fund and the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund on CliffCentral.com. Your champions in the legal profession. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is the Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Dumela, Gary, and Dumela to our podcasters. Today is a further show in a series with the aim of increasing awareness of the role and responsibilities of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund. And uh, as we know, this fund exists to protect you should your attorney turn crooked and run off with your money, which he holds in his trust account for you. And uh, the Attorney Fidelity Fund encourages and enables you to use the services of your lawyer with confidence. And that's what we want. Unfortunately, it does happen that dodgy lawyers have stolen, in many cases, millions and millions of rands from their clients by looting trust accounts, which is very sad. Joining us today is Jan de Beer. He's the risk management executive of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund, and Jan will be explaining how the fund tackles a crooked lawyer who has stolen your money. Welcome again to you. Thank you, Good to have you, Jan. Uh, Pleasure being here. Thank you. So, Jan, maybe you can just give us, if you don't mind, two or three real examples of cases you've handled at the fund against attorneys and what they did and what transpired. If if I look at the the, the, uh, processes of the fund itself and and, – just, just maybe to to, to step a, uh, take a step backwards as well, is is the fact that we we of course react on on claims that we're receiving from 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 claimants, um, and in that in in terms of our processes, we would we would prefer that uh, those claimants would have then opened up uh, a, a proper criminal case with um, with the police itself. Um, after all, we we are talking about the criminal activity here. We we talk about monies, uh, trust monies that has been stolen, um, and and what we specifically do from from that side, uh, f- picking up the, the the matter, then to a large extent on behalf of the claimant, whereby we go ahead and and specifically assist the the uh, investigating authorities in terms of making sure that that matter is properly investigated that we through all the information that is available uh, through our claims processes um, and the, the the affidavits of the parties that are involved to make sure that we we build up a, a proper case in respect of of uh, the theft that has been perpetrated in that we then also go as far as also to assist the, the prosecuting authority to make sure that we've been able to formulate those charges properly and correctly as well to ensure a proper prosecution. Um, for us, we, we, we typically see that uh, the, 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 the outcomes from a prosecution point of view is, is specifically important for us as the fund to ensure that there is a proper consequence uh, to the act that has been perpetrated against the 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 the, the, the public, um, and that becomes important for us in terms of how we build a proper deterrent 
um, in terms of the actions on the part of of, of attorneys that that do do go down that line of of, of uh, stealing and misappropriating the the, the, the clients' funds itself. In, in some of the examples that, that we look at as well is that we see that um, uh, a lot of the sentences are normally a custodial sentence um, and that, that can be um, anything up to uh, a minimum period of about, about 15 years uh, as such. Um, but we see the courts um, unfortunately not dealing consistently uh, on on those matters as well, um, we have seen some recent cases where a lot of lot of the uh, work that has been done by the team to ensure a successful prosecution being undone with very lenient sentences as well. <clears throat> what are the charges normally? Is it what a theft? It is. It's a theft charge, theft. most definitely, um, yeah. and that that. It depends on the actual underlying um, information itself um, in terms of being able through a, a proper uh, forensic investigation to be able to prove that the theft was in fact perpetrated. Mm -hmm. It also relates to um, additional components uh, to, to that charge as is a general deficiency in a trust account of an attorney um, where you want to bring into play other components in terms of compliance uh, to, to, to legislation as well. Um, but in, in that, we, we very much dependent on, on the claimant as well to come forward with the right information to cooperate as well in the investigation and prosecution process. Um, we do unfortunately see a lot of instances whereby once the fund is actually paid out the claim to the claimant, that there is a general reluctance of claimants to participate in the prosecution process, which is unfortunate yeah. um, because that, that would find ourselves in a very difficult position to, to to make a proper case or to prove it properly in front of a court um, in respect of the, the, the theft that has been perpetrated. Does the uh, fund pay out before conviction or does it wait for conviction? <laughs> in, in terms of the nature of the fund and how it's been set up, the actual conviction or proof of theft in, in, in court yeah. is not a condition in terms of paying out the claim. Mm -hmm. um, I believe we go a long way uh, in, in terms of making sure that we compensate the, the, the claimant in respect of the loss that they suffered um, to make that conditional upon a successful prosecution um, I, I don't think that that is in line with the objective of the fund in terms of compensating well, a conviction can take years can't it especially if it's opposed and there's a defense raised all that kind of stuff uh, the complainant can't wait that time they need their money Definitely, yeah. and, and I think the, the 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 proof of 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 the or the level of proof that is required in in terms of the payment of the claim is different from the actual criminal prosecution itself in terms of the conviction of of theft. Um, so in in there we we find that the, that the cases would probably run a period of about three to four or even five years mm. um, to be able to secure a a, a, a successful prosecution, um, and and and. Uh, in in that uh, it it it's will be unfortunate if you want to 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 delay a payment of a claim as a result Absolutely. of the prosecution process. Yeah, what about recovery against the attorney who stole the money, the law of subrogation, and all the rest? Do you do you recover it, or you've got the right to? Do you? We we definitely have the right to recover yeah. um, through subrogation. Of course, we we basically step into the shoes of the of the claimant, yeah. um, and we normally pick that up specifically after we've paid the claim itself, um, to make sure that that we, uh, as I explained, our, our, our prosecution processes can follow through properly in terms of of um, um, 
proving the the, the, the the case itself. From a recovery's point of view, of course, um, in terms of the Attorneys Act, um, we can then recover the monies from the attorney. Yeah. And then we need to make proper distinctions as well. Um, if it's a sole practitioner that, that has committed the, the, the theft, um, yes, he will definitely be prosecuted as well. But the recovery process uh, is, 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 is more of a civil recovery process. Yes, it can be that we do obtain uh, through our prosecution process an order of court uh, whereby the monies must be repaid as well. Um, and, and that we then, of course, manage as well uh, through, through our, our uh, prosecution processes. If, however, the, 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 uh, it was a, a partnership or if it's a member of or, or staff that actually stole the money, um, then, of course, the, the, the practitioner itself, himself or herself is not, not necessarily criminally liable, but they are definitely liable for, for the payment of the, uh, of, of the, of the monies that were stolen. Um, those uh, practitioners are, of course, both in, in terms of whether they're directors or partners in this firm, are jointly and severably liable. Yeah. In respect of the monies that are held in, 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 in the trust account. So in that case, we will then pursue the recovery of those monies from all of those directors or from all of those uh, partners in that firm if we've not necessarily achieved it in terms of our excursion processes, in terms of our uh, initial claims um, um, assessment processes itself. Um, so we will definitely come through a process of making sure that there is actual recovery of the claims that has been paid um, in respect of, of, of theft of trust monies, uh, whether so, you, you, yeah. you're criminally liable or, or, or not, yes. Okay. The attorney himself is not let loose to go and practice again. Is he he's struck off the roll generally? Practitioners would be struck off the roll, most yeah. definitely. Can uh, they be readmitted? And, uh, does it happen? Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, they, they, they go through a process of, of uh, applying to court for readmission. Um, in that we How long after the offence or after they've been jailed or whatever? <laughs> there, there's not necessarily a time limit to it. Mm -hmm. um, but what we do find is that in terms of our own processes, a key component, of course, that they need to satisfy uh, is, as such is that whether they've actually are in, in, in fact in good standing to be able to um, to be able to practice. Um, and part of that questions that need to be answered is whether they've actually made good the money that was in fact stolen. So in a lot of instances, we do find that the court would ask us whether the practitioner actually did repay the money that was yeah. stolen yeah. Um, or not. And that's got a direct implication on, 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 on whether they're being readmitted or whether they've made an arrangement with us to repay the monies. But that's dependent on each of the underlying cases itself, whether we are willing to enter any in into, into any time of, of type of repayment arrangement with the practitioner. Yes. Um, but even if we do, we do manage it very strictly. So that if we do find ourselves that, that uh, there is a proper repayment arrangement in place in terms of the monies that has been stolen, um, and, and uh, there was um, readmission granted, um, if there's any type of default in respect of that arrangement, that is immediately communicated back to the to the uh, regulator as well, being the law societies, who will then consider appropriate action against that practitioner in respect of being in default with regards to that arrangement. Yeah, and one, excuse me, one final question is, can the public deal with attorneys with confidence? I think with the, 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 the measures or the, 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 the component or the, the existence of the fund, yeah. and not just the fund, but also the attorney's insurance indemnity fund, mm. does create the environment whereby uh, the, the, 
the public can go to a practitioner and they would know that they are properly protected uh, in the event that there's any type of, of default, whether it is negligence or whether monies are in fact stolen. But it doesn't remove the fact that if one, if one looks at this as a consumer of legal services, one should also consider appropriately whether uh, that person that you are engaging is in fact able to provide you with the services that you're requiring mm. and is that person actually credible. It doesn't stop that, that consumer to go back to the regulator and ask them to confirm whether there are any issues or matters raised against that specific practitioner before they engage with any um, uh, material legal Yeah, The law society is there for you. Uh, it's, it's on the net. Just phone them up and they'll tell you whether the lawyer is in good standing or not. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's those basic steps that I think the, the public can, can go out and perform mm. um, to satisfy themselves that they, are, that they are comfortable. And then, of course, the, 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 the attorneys fidelity fund and the attorneys insurance indemnity fund will then stand in in the case if there is any loss suffered on the part of the, 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 the public. Excellent. Many thanks to you, Jan de Beer, and we hope to see you again. Thank you for this. Cheers for now. Thank you for the time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank thanks, you. Bye. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.